and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Let's pray. Father, we take a moment before we go into the word to get our hearts and our minds in the right place. Father, first and foremost, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we reverence your word. We're reminded of what you said, that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You made it clear, God, that your word is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing between soul and spirit. So God, as your bond servant this morning, God, I pray that you would use me. Feel me, Lord God. Let the words that come out of my mouth, and Lord, even as I preach, meditations in my heart be bathed by the Holy Spirit. Use these lips of clay to do what no human can do in and of himself, and that is to preach with power, for power belongs to you, and you give power to the weak. And I ask for power this morning, Father, that your word might go forth and accomplish everything that you want it to accomplish right here, right now, in this season. We love you, we praise you, and all God's people said, amen. You can be seated in our God's presence. I'm excited uh, this week as we prepare for our annual consecration week. And I know God is going to do some amazing things. And so, so that you might understand that part of my assignment today is to prepare us for an incredible and amazing time. How do you believe that God answers prayers? Let me, let me try that again. We're gonna, you're going to have to talk to me. How many of you believe that God answers prayer? Amen. He really does. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. I'm going to quote a lot of verses here, so if you've got a pen, pencil, you might want to write them down because we're not going to have time to, to open up and turn to every one of them. But Mark chap, Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 11, verse 12 says this. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven, hear that, suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, what Jesus is communicating there is that the kingdom of God is always under attack. Do you hear me? Amen. And the kingdom of God 
are you and I, those who are united one in Christ, we represent the kingdom of God. And Jesus said that, listen to me, that the kingdom of God, the people of God, the kingdom, God's ideas, his principles are under attack. And how many know they're under attack today? And not only is, it a, is, it, is the kingdom under attack, but a violent attack. How many know that the devil is violent? The enemy of your soul is violent. The Bible says that he goes about like a roaring lion seeking someone to play with. Seeking someone to have fun with. Seeking someone to kid around with. 1 Peter 5 eight said the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking someone to what? Devour. Let me, let me, let me help us to understand. Let's, let's understand this thing is that, that, that we are under attack. The kingdom of God is. Everything that God represents is under attack. And the Bible said that the violence take it by force, which means, watch this, that we get to fight. Look at the name and say fight. See, Jesus is saying to you that, that you're under attack. And God has some things for us. Amen. How many know that, that God is at work for you and me? That God, listen to me, that God is working on your behalf right now to bring about a harvest. But let me tell you something, you're going to have to fight for it. The kingdom of God suffers violence and violence take about for it. I know how many, some, some folks don't like to fight. But let, let, me, let, me, let me help you understand this thing, that, that the kingdom of God is, does not consist of wimps. I'm going to talk this morning until I get amens up out of this place. Amen. See, the kingdom of God is a forceful kingdom. And how many know that the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is what? In the world. So I know, I know that there's no power greater than my God. But in the interim, I got to fight. I got to fight for what I want. Let me tell you something. The devil violently want to take your kids. The devil violently want to rip your marriage apart. How many know that's violent? The the devil violently, he want to disturb your finances. You heard the testimony this morning. The enemy want to ravish your health. Satan, listen to me, still too many of God's people wander around in life not understanding and not processing and realizing that there is a spiritual connotation to everything we do. It is as if Christians, we sometimes have a blindfold on and we're trying to swing and hit the enemy. How many know it's hard to hit something you can't see or you don't perceive or you don't understand? So we got a lot of people who are in the kingdom. Hear me. You got a lot of people who are in the kingdom of God, and they just say, why did that happen to me? I don't understand. You better learn. You better wake up. You better realize that you're under attack. The Satan want to discourage you. He wants to trip you up. He wants you to quit. He wants you to stop believing in God. He wants you to stop trusting. He wants you to give up. He wants, listen, he wants you to believe that perhaps maybe your child will never get right. But how do you know the devil is a liar? Oh, the devil is a liar. See, the enemy, the Bible says the Satan comes to do what? To kill, steal, and what? Destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. 
<laughs> How many know that he is a life giver? And so, so hear this. And so we can't be passive. Oh, hear me, hear me. Are you still listening? Say amen. amen. How many know we can't be passive and just sit back and just say, well, I hope the devil don't mess with me. I hope my kids be all right. I hope my marriage survives, but I don't know. I, I, I hope I can get a job. I, don't, I, I think the Lord wants me to have a job to take care of my family. How I many you know that ain't going you know, to get nowhere with that attitude? You got to stand up. And you got to, listen to me, you got to stand up in Jesus' name and you got to fight and you got to make some declarations that your time is coming and your time is now. The kingdom of God suffer violence and the violence take it by force. So we're in the fight. We're at a place. We're at a crossroads. So every time this year, we have our annual consecration week when we summon the house of God together, all the people of God together, and we begin to fast and pray. Now, I'm going to give you some context of that here in a second. And, and, and this year's theme is fight. How many of you like a good fight? Paul said, I fought a good fight. <laughs> How many know, not only is our fight a good fight, but we already know who won the fight. That's why you ought to keep fighting. Is anybody listening to me this morning? And so we're in war. This is the time when we strap on our fatigues. We get our M16s. Hallelujah. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You put on the black stuff. I don't know what you call it. Put it underneath your eyes. You put on your hat and you come in and say, let's fight devil. But understand something. Understand something. Hear, hear this now. Hear this. You can't fight the devil with fleshly means. It ain't the same kind of fight, you see. Some of us, we're going to fight the devil by getting mad. I'm going to be, I'm mad. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say pissed off, because that's, is that cussing? Is that cussing if I say pissed I'm not sure. I want to say that. I, I want to be holy here, yeah. Because my wife always said, don't say that word. So, 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 so you, can, you can sit back all you want and you can say, oh, you know, I'm angry, I'm mad, I ain't going to do that. How I many know you will not defeat the devil with your wisdom, with your education, and with your money and your, it ain't going to happen. You got to fight the devil spirit with spirit. Amen. See, see, I mean, Paul said I fought a good fight because, first of all, he knew how to fight. Mm. How many know we got to know how to fight this battle? And the most powerful weapon we have, hear me, hear me, don't check out on me, don't punch out on me, but the most powerful weapon you have is prayer. That's why the enemy don't want you on your knees. That's why he's telling you right now, you can't come out next week because you got too much to do. The devil shudder when he know the people of God come together and they begin to cry out for God to show up. Oh, he's already, he's already talking to you, ain't he? Don't come up next week. You don't got time. You're too busy. Uh, last time I checked, who's in charge of breathing? Last I heard, he, he, you know, he controlled that. I mean, let, me, let me tell you something. Hear what I'm trying to say. The 
enemy knows when the people of God get together. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help us with this. Now, you remember Jesus. Jesus, I don't have time to turn there. I told you I'm going to say a lot of scriptures. Jesus in Matthew 26, I believe. And no, actually, in Luke, you know, Matthew 26 and Luke 22, verse 39 through 46. Read it in your own time. But you remember Jesus. When Jesus was walking the earth, boy, he did miracles, didn't he? And he did them with ease. He would go heal the sick, right? Raise the dead. Father, I thank you that you've already heard me. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came. 5,000 people hungry. Father, I thank you for these two fish, five loaves. Boom. Over 5,000 people ate. You got a demon, Jesus. Come out of him. Boom. Come out. But there was only a couple times when I really saw that the Lord was uncomfortable. You know where they were? One of them was when he was on the cross. Right? Eli, Eli, lama sabatini, why have you forsaken me? You remember that? And, and that was, he was bearing the sin of the world. But you know what, another time I saw Jesus really strike? When he was in prayer. I'm sorry, let, me, let me read this verse for you. In, in Luke 22, verses 43 and 44, hear this. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven. Watch this. Are y'all getting this? Stay with me. Strengthening him. Why did the angel have to come here? He was praying. This is Jesus we're talking about. And being in agony, everybody say agony. agony. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood Amen. falling down to the ground. The spiritual warfare was in the prayer. Y'all, y'all, you're still not getting it. I can tell you're not getting this. Lord, help him. Lord, open eyes, open eyes. You see, the warfare isn't, you see, before something gets manifest in the natural, it has to begin in the spiritual. Amen. See, if you want a breakthrough, you got to pray it through. Amen. Tweet that. I like that. Amen. You want a breakthrough, you got to pray it through. Amen? Amen? And so with Jesus, before he went on the cross, the battle was on his knee. He was like, the Bible said he sweat so hard, it was like great drops of blood. How can you be sweating like, because he's in warfare. Praying. He's crying out to God. That was his battle. His fight was there. And too many Christians walk around, oh, you know, you know, I'm just believing God. How you believe in God? Doing what? Let me tell you something. Until we put a value on prayer, you're going to lose a lot of battles that you're supposed to win. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of what? Prayer. Prayer is supposed to characterize the house of God. Why? Because no prayer, no movement. Oh, y'all not listening to me. Amen. Some of y'all don't like this, but I'm going to have to bring it to you. I'm going to give it to you in love. This medicine is going to make you throw up, but it's going to be good for you. Just keep swallowing it down. Look at the neighbor and say, take it. It's good. Listen, listen to me. So Jesus demonstrated, Jesus at his most difficult moment. I mean, you would think, I mean, he walked around doing all these miracles, but all of a sudden he's praying and that's where his struggle was. Amen. And the Bible said that the angels had to come and strengthen him. There was warfare. How many know you're under attack? And too many of us don't know it. How many know it's one thing to be under attack and you see your enemy, you fight him, you're playing for him? But it's another thing to be on attack. You have no idea where it's coming from, who it is. Or even that you're in a war. <sighs> Somebody, y'all still praying with me? T.D. Jake said this. Here's what he said. And this is a profound statement. I heard him say this. He says, the reason we don't see miracles 
of the early church is not because God has lost his power. The church has lost his focus. Fervent prayer, unquote. Prayer changes things. Are you hearing me? Why should we pray? I'm going to look at three aspects and I'm going to get you out of here. Why should we pray? Why should we pray, number one? Why should we fast? How many of you love fasting? I didn't think I'd get You ain't going to get an amen from me on that one. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, I mean, one part of me, my, let me, my spirit is rejoicing about the possibilities of what God's going to do this week. But my flesh is like, are you really going to turn that plate up? I mean, really, dude? I mean, I'm in a battle even as I'm standing. <laughs> and then we'll talk about why we should pray together. See, the Bible calls and commands us to pray. And in Philippians, watch this. Why, why should we pray? That's its title here. Why should we pray? Number one, the Bible calls and commands us to pray. Look at, listen to this verse, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> How many of you read your Bible? How many of you ever get worried? Be anxious for what? Nothing. Well, some things I need to be anxious about, right? What did, what did the scripture say? Be anxious for what? Nothing but in everything. Here we go. In prayer, watch this, and supplication with thanksgiving. While you're going through it. <laughs> Y'all still not with it. Well, listen to me. He said, be anxious for nothing. In other words, if you are worried, then your prayer life needs to change. It needs to increase. Whenever you feel the spirit of worry come up on you, you need to get to praying real quick. It is not God's will for you to worry. Some of y'all don't really believe that. I said, it is not God's will. Jesus did not walk around worried about a thing. He said, why are you worried? Look at the birds of the air. He even said, look, look at the birds. They ain't worried about a thing. He said, yet your heavenly father takes care of them. What are you worried? Jesus, it ain't, listen, it is, worry does not, that's why you get sick when you worry. Because it don't belong on you. So how many know you got to get away from it? Amen? You got to deny worry. I got to keep moving. It says, now watch this. Be anxious for nothing. Everybody say nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I mean, I got to give you thanks, God, even though I'm going through this. Yes, you do. Because every time you give God thanks in your difficulty, hear me, it's a, it's a revelation of your trust in God. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. God is motivated. God is moved when he sees that his people, although they're going through trials and tribulations, that somehow they can stand up and still bless him. You want the power of God? Bless him anyhow. Look at the name and say, bless him anyhow. Bless him. The Bible says, watch this. So he says, and, and first Thessalonians 5.17, why should we pray? He says, watch this, pray without ceasing. That means we always got to be in a spirit of prayer. Why? Because the enemy ain't never sleep. Not really. What I mean by that is he's not sleep on your situation. He's waiting for you. How many know that we need to be in a spirit of prayer all the time? When you're in warfare, you know, you know, even if you're in a, the soldiers can tell me this. Even if you're in warfare, even if you, you got your own little territory, you mapped out where everybody's taking a nap, they always got somebody watching the camp. Am I right about it? Everybody, somebody's watching. Jesus says, watch and what? 
pray. Oh, pray without ceasing. Jesus, Jesus, now watch, why should we pray? Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said this, when you pray. He didn't say if. When you pray. Another reason we need to pray is that our prayers accomplish much. How many believe that prayer accomplish a lot? No, no, no. I, I, I want I, I, the real Christian in here. How many of you believe that prayer accomplish a lot? James 5.16 says this. Watch this. It says, confess your trespasses one to another. Mm. And pray for one another that you might be what? Healed for the effective, good God, fervent. That means hot, fiery prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Now, I don't know about you. He could have said the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth some. He could have said the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth a little bit. He could have said the, the fervent righteous prayer, it does help. But he said, no, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Why all to pray? Because prayer changes things. It's not just a slogan. It's not just something you throw on the back of your car. Come on. It's not a bumper sticker. It is reality. And when you get serious about prayer, let me tell you something. God will move on your behalf. You ought to use this week, we got consecration week, to put on your warfare gear and say, Lord, I'm going to try it. Some of you have never fasted before. I see it in the spirit. Some of you are like, I ain't fasting nothing. I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay. So he says in Ephesians chapter 6, why we need to pray? We said it earlier because we're in warfare. The Bible says, watch this. I'm going to look at this verse number 12 in Ephesians chapter 6. Look at it. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? You hear that? Some of you mad at people. But you don't understand that there's a spirit behind people. And if you stay mad at people, you never get to the root of the problem. Because the Bible says you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh, good God. But against principalities. Watch this. Principalities. That means high-ranking demons that oversee other demons. Powers, that means authority in the demonic realm. Rulers, expanding powers in the demonic realm. How many know the devils are, in t- the devils are territorial? Amen. You ever notice that some the, the jurisdictions are different depending on where you go? There are some strongholds in some places and other places got other issues. You follow what I'm saying? The devil ruled territories. Y'all not here. Listen to me. Listen to me. He says, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, wicked, evil, and deceptive spirits are all over the place. Listen to what I'm trying to say. There's a kingdom of darkness. In other words, let me, let me help you understand this. So while you're praying, while you're believing God, and while you're hoping, there's a force on the other side trying to undercut everything you're trying to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you're sitting over here, you're believing, you're hoping, and, and on the other side, there's a devil saying, oh, oh, no, Sydney, look, go get him. Uh-uh, uh we can't, we can't let that. He's opposing you. And you can't figure out, why can't I seem to get out of this situation? The devil wants you to stay bound. Amen. He wants you to stay hooked. 
He wants you to be overcome with drugs and alcohol. He wants you to be too up. He wants you to quit. He wants you to, he wants you to be bound. But Jesus said, who the son sets free is free indeed. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So, 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 the, so they're dispatched, they're, they're, they're a warring, they're angels, wicked angels from the kingdom of darkness that is fighting you on every turn. Sometimes you can really sense it. Other times he's a little bit more subtle. Peter said, Lord, you're not going to go to the cross. Sounds good. Because I love you, Jesus. Right? And Jesus looked right through him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. How could Jesus discern that? Because he was in the spirit. He lived in the spirit. He, could, he caught the devil. He saw it right away. And too many people never see it. And then we take it for granted and we just take the whipping. We take the defeat and say, well, if God want me to have it, I would have. What do, you, what do you mean if God wants you to have it, you would have had it? He told the children of Israel, go get the land. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. What are too many giants? Get up and go get what God got for you. You can't sit there and be passive and hope it. Well, I just hope my family. Go. You got to fight, baby. You got to go after it. You are, and listen to me, the devil is not going to tell, I'm sorry, he is not going to put, put in a leave card. He don't take leave. He don't. So we're in war here. This is warfare. Second Corinthians 10.4 says this, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. You can't beat the devil up. The wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. You got to get on your knees and you got to fight. You got, let me tell you something. The best fighting you're going to ever do is when you're on your face crying to God. When you're crying out to him with everything you got and you're pouring out your soul like water. You're saying, God, God, I'm not going to get up from this place, God, until you help me. God, I'm not going to get up here, God. God, I need a breakthrough. I'm not leaving, God, until you bless me. I'm God, God, I'm staying right here. Could you not tarry with me for an hour? In Jesus' most profound moment, his most difficult moment, the Bible, he was sweating great drops of blood, and the disciples were like, <laughs> Jesus kept walking over there, could you not just stay with me for an hour? He said, you better pray so you won't enter into temptation because it's coming to you. The devil is coming to trip you up. You got to see this. So Jesus said, get up and pray, 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 pray. See, whenever we say pray, you should get excited because pray unleashes the power of God. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Not your wisdom, not your book knowledge. How many know that God specializes in letting you get to a point where you got nowhere else to turn? How many, how many know what I'm talking about? God will bring you to a place. He'll bring you to a place in your life where you got no, you, you're stuck and you, you can't get out and you don't know what to do. All you can do, boy, now you're in that zone. You're in the sweet spot now, baby. You're right where God wants you because the only way you're going to come out is he got to bring you out. 
that no flesh will grow in his presence. You can't go back and talk about what you did. All you can say is, look what God did for me. You got to believe it. Now watch this. Why should we fast? Let's talk about fasting just for a moment. I ain't going to this too long because this ain't my favorite topic. But I got to address this. Jesus expected us to fast. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. He says, when you fast. When you fast. When. W-H-E-N. When you fast. Jesus also said in Matthew 4, verses 4. Matthew 4, 4, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Good God. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know what fasting does more than anything? It helps us to gain control over our fleshly appetites. Because some of us, let's be honest, and I've been there, our God is our, 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 God is our belly. Paul said that in the book. He says, I think, in the book of Ephesians. See, when we fast, we are telling God that we love him more than food. Because food is essential for what? Life. So when you turn up your plate, you say, you know what, God? Jesus, in the Bible says in Deuteronomy, I believe, chapter 8 or chapter 3, God let them go hungry and all that so he might teach them that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God let them go hungry on purpose. How many know God will let you go hungry? (laughs) Y'all not catching this. God will let you go hungry until you learn to seek him. He's, see, see, when you turn up, the, when you put your food down, when you turn over that chicken, that rice, whatever, uh, uh, whatever you like, whatever your, 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 your salmon, uh, whatever you like, when you say, you know, I'm, I'm giving this up, and you say, Lord, I'm going to seek you, I'm going to seek you. Let me tell you something. Your flesh, number one, your flesh is going to scream. You know why your flesh is going to scream? Because your flesh wants to control. And so when you deny your flesh, this is why Jesus, Jesus did, this is why Jesus passed. This is why he wants us to fast. Because when we deny our flesh, our spirit man takes authority. Amen. Amen. You, you follow me? Amen. My spirit man takes authority over that. He said, now, so fasting reminds you that God is your source. The man shall not live by bread alone. See, everybody else thinks that they're living simply because, you know, they got food in the food in the refrigerator. But we understand because we're, we're walking in the light, right? Man don't live by bread alone. The God is the source of all life. That's why you want to fast. See, when you fast, watch this. You can hear God better. I'll give you an example. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, write it down again. How many want to hear God better? I'm going to tell you something right now. Let me tell you something. Every time I fast, I'm hungry. Let me tell you, I am hungry. But you know, it's amazing. I am able to hear God clearer when I fast. Uh, in, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, when the, the apostles, they were praying over a brother to release them into their ministry. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Everybody say fasted. Fast. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I called them. We know how they got their revelation? They were fasting. The early church, they practiced this all the time. This is what they did. They fasted. Let me tell you something right now. Mark this down. If you're telling me that you're going through a difficult time or you need some direction and you're struggling about it, I don't care what it is, and you, and you really need God to move, until you start fasting, I'm not talking about for those who are really, you know, some of you may be sick and you really can't, but, but for most of us, we can't. Until we fast, you ain't serious enough yet. Until you, until you turn that plate over, 
Let me tell you something. You're not there yet. Because let me tell you, when you really get burned, you don't want to eat anyway. Fasting reminds us that God is our source. Why should we fast? Jesus said that some, some in Matthew, look at Matthew 17. I got to turn there. I'm gonna, I want you to see your eyes. On, I want you to lay your eyes on this. Matthew chapter 17. I got a few more minutes. Matthew chapter 17. Run there real quick. Real quick. Are you there? When you get there, say amen. Matthew chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Are y'all cheating? Yeah, y'all cheating. All right. That's all right, though. Oh, God. What did I say? Matthew 17? 20 and 21? Jesus said this. Because of your unbelief. They, see, they tried to cast out a demon, and they couldn't do it. The disciples, they were like, man, they tried to cast out a demon. demon ain't even listening to them. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother sermon. I can deal with that, but I'll, I'll resist the temptation. Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Watch this. However, everybody say however. however. This kind does not come out except by prayer and what? Fasting. Some things you ain't going to get free from until you turn over your dinner plate. There's some demons that you got to fast. You got to fast away. You got to fast. Look at the name and say fast. It's a godly thing. Now, why should we pray together? Lastly, why should we pray together? You know, it's amazing. As I studied the book of Acts, this was amazing. Um, you know, this is why I love, I love research. You know, you can never exhaust the word of God. You know, and, and it seemed like the more I think I know, the more I try to know, the more, when you really get serious, you really start, you just start man, realizing that that's, that's so much. This word is so deep. It's just deeper than deep. And, some, and, and a lot of times the word is, is waiting for you to catch up. The word has always been there, but you just, I mean, I, this is, all, I, I read the Bible, I thought I, I thought I got it, and all of a sudden I'm just now getting it. It's like, it's like the word is always, you can't exhaust the word of God. So as I'm studying the book of Acts, I'm, I'm reading the book of Acts, and, and what I see is that almost every time there's prayer mentioned, it was always, they were always praying together. Always. It was amazing. I'm trying to give you a couple of examples, because some of you, see, see why, why, why should we pray together? Because this is the pattern. How do you know God blesses unity? How many know God blesses unity? Jesus said, I pray that they be what? One. When I look through the scriptures all I, over and over again, the church, they were always praying together. And listen, I'm not here to say that there's not a power that is released in when we pray individually. All I'm saying is there's a grace and authority and a power that you can only get when you come together with like-minded believers and call on the name of the Lord. Something amazing happens with that. If nothing else, you learn how to pray better when you're around some folk that know how to pray. You know what I'm talking about. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Write these verses down. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in 
prayers. Acts 1.14. These all continue with one accord in prayer. These all continue with one accord in prayer. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. They were together. Acts chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. So then when they heard that, they, 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 not me, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nation rage and the people plot vain things? Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed when they had prayed and when they t-h-e-y had prayed the place they were assembled 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 together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of god with boldness they prayed together this, this, is, this is the norm. This is why we should pray together, because God expects us to. He expects the church to come together and pray. This, is a, this was a normal practice, and we've gotten away from that because we just, we've left prayer up to a few folk. But how I many know God won't? Let me tell you something. I believe that we're missing something in our church. Can you imagine that, that, that everybody that's connected to our church in some way, somehow, show up and pray and call out to God? And, Boy, I'm telling you. Oh, good God. I know some amazing things will happen. Jesus promoted the idea of praying together. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19? Write this verse down. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth as touching anything, they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. In Acts chapter 5, in closing, we don't have time to turn there, in closing, Acts chapter 5. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 12. Just turn to Acts chapter 12 and just lay your eyes on it. Acts chapter 12, verses verses 5, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 18. I get a little bit excited. Y'all got to forgive me. I'm excited. Acts chapter number 12, verses 5 through 18. So here it is. Peter get locked up in jail. Peter, the great apostle, right? Peter gets... On lockdown. You know what verse number 12 says? Verse number 5 in Acts chapter 12 says, For Peter was therefore kept in prison. Everybody say prison. Prison. That's not a comfortable place, right? But constant prayer was offered to him, to God, for him by uh, uh, John. uh, By uh, Diva. uh, By Edwin. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the what? Church. Church. Uh, My house, my house shall be called a house of prayer. (laughs) Is anybody getting this? And while the church was praying, in verse number seven, lay your eyes on verse number seven. So constant prayer. Now, how do we know when the scriptures go out of the way to make a point? It's trying to make a point. Because he starts it off with saying, I mean, because he didn't really have to throw that in there. Peter was therefore kept in prison. But 
constant, constant, consistent prayer was offered to God for him by the church. So it's like he wanted you to get that because that precluded what God was about to do. I would, listen, I would imagine that if the church is not praying, that perhaps Peter would have stayed there longer. Who, maybe Peter would have never gotten out. We don't know. But I believe that when the church was down there crying, crying out, God, release my brother. God, bring him out of prison. I think God heard that. In fact, we know he did because verse number seven said this. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. An angel showed up. How many know angels just don't show up? Uh, well they do but you know God was in this and the angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying arise quickly watch this and his chains fell off his hands see I believe that when the church gets weak this week when we come out to pray from 7 to 8.30 every night this is one I believe that as we pray that we're going to see chains falling off. Listen to me. When you go into this thing, we ain't going in there just to be careful. We're not going to go pray. Listen, and don't do, your, do, my, do, do me a favor. Don't come, if you're going to come, don't show up like you're doing God a favor by showing up. Well, I'm here. I'm here, pastor, because you said. No, come in the place with gigantic faith. Come up in here, seven o'clock. Come up in here ready and say, God, I'm ready. God, we're going to get what you have for today, God. God, we're going to see a breakthrough. I believe when we get serious, I believe chains are going to fall off. Peter wasn't there. Peter, listen, Peter was in jail. The church was at another location praying, and chains fell off. I believe that, listen, we're going to be praying for people. They're trained to fall off here, but there'll be people chained that are going to be falling off wherever they're at. Oh, how do you believe that? He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. God will drop some chains in a minute. I should have brought my chains. We said I would have freaked some of y'all out. I would have brought my handcuffs. You know, I, you know, I do law. I would have dropped them. Y'all would have like, oh, pastor. Yeah. How many of God would have dropped them chains? Chains falling off. Why? Because the whole church was together praying. You remember Judah? We don't have time to turn there. But you remember Judah? When all, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 3 and 4, just write the verse down. Don't turn there because you don't have time. And Jehoshaphat feared. He feared. And he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And then verse 2 Chronicles 20, 13. Now all Judah, with their little ones, with their wives and their children, they all stood before the Lord. And how many know if you go back and you read that story, that God routed the enemy, and the children of Israel ain't even had to raise a sword. You know what their sword was? When they cried out to God. Your sword is when you cry out to God. That's where your fight is. So, let me encourage you this week. Here's what we're doing. We do this once every year, every year, which is one week a year. I mean, that ain't bad, is it? Is that too much for God to ask? It's not too much for how many of you need God to move in your life? Just come on. Just, if you don't need God to move, just keep your hand down. I ain't going to talk about you. <laughs> if you don't want God to move, that's, that's fine. I, I, you know, if you want God to move, I just gave, listen to me, I just gave you the word of God, of what the church did to get God to move. 
Now, listen, prayer is not about manipulating God, but it is about understanding what God has for us and going after it. Get in the mind of God. And when God drops something in your spirit, you got to go after it. Do you hear what I'm saying? So from eight o'clock, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with a brief worship. We're going to start with a brief spoken word. And then we're going to go into prayer. And we're going to listen to me. And, and, and listen, we're going to call on the name of the Lord. So whatever your situation is, you come in here, go bring your family. If you got family members, this is not unique. Just, we don't, this is not just a foundation thing. Anybody who want to come. If you know somebody who's dealing with drug abuse, alcohol abuse, or somebody that's, that, that, that's struggling with a job or they got bad health, they need God to move, come. Listen to me. What, what do you got to lose? You got everything to gain. Let's sacrifice a week. Let's say, God, I'm giving this to you. The least, God, I'm giving you my time. God, I'm going to give you this week, and I'm going to seek your face, and God, I'm going to cry out to you. And here's what I believe is going to happen. God's going to unlock some things. You hear what I'm saying? So I've been praying about this week for the past couple of weeks. So before you come here, pray and be in the spirit of prayer before you get here. And when you come in the door, come here like ready. And look, don't come don't come like this. Come with your jeans, your t-shirts. Come with, you know, respectable now. But come like you're ready to fight. Come like you're ready to fight. And get on your knees. I don't care if you're a, a big, massive man who got muscles, you ain't nothing in the presence of God. Humble yourself before God. And understand that He is the power. Because we're going to put our trust in God. We're going to put our trust. We're going to let God know. And we're going to call down. Listen to me. We're going to war in the spirit and some things, some chains going to fall off. Amen. And God's going to give us a victory. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.